wake up quick at about noon. And welcome into the 200th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling, presented by Vibe Health Bar here on May 19, 2020. Uh, I'm so excited. We've got a number of milestones here approaching within the next uh, couple of weeks or so. Obviously, the 200th edition, that's certainly a milestone that I'm proud of. Uh, but we've got the one-year anniversary of the podcast coming up on June 3rd as well, and that's going to be a launching point for a number of different things. That's when we relive uh, the new wrestling podcast I've been working on that becomes uh, available for everybody on Apple Podcast, uh, Google Play, traditional podcast streams. The first two episodes are available right now on patreon.com uh, slash Damian Barling. Uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but thank you so much for the support through 200 episodes. You know, I said this at the you know, 100th episode, and I can say it at the 101st episode and the 201st episode. Whether I do a thousand episodes or today is the last one, uh, hitting those milestones, today is not the last one, by the way, hitting those milestones has nothing to do with me. It has to do uh, everything with you and the fact that, you know, even through the end of the world, uh, you have continued to support me and support this podcast. It's it's because of you that it has allowed me to realize this is more than a podcast and there's, you know, more than just this show uh, that we can do with the platform uh, that we have each day. Uh, and I'm excited to tell you about all of that stuff we have coming up. But I'm going to save that uh, for the one year anniversary sh- of, uh, of the show on, on June 3rd. So uh, thank you so much for your support of the show. Uh, even when I put out stinkers like I did yesterday and, and make the uh, what was really honestly an unprecedented decision for me to just take the show down and be like, this is absolute trash, delete it, get rid of it, and then record a new version of the show a couple of hours later. Uh, even through that, you still support the podcast. Even when there's no sports to talk about, you've supported this podcast and you've supported me. So uh, thank you for that. And here we are, episode number 200. And Maybe there is some good news in this 200th episode as uh, governors from New York, California, and Texas all talked about professional sports returning relatively soon. Obviously, many of you heard Gavin Newsom and his state of the state COVID-19 update that he gives uh, just about every day or so. And he said that, you know, sports could resume without fans uh, as soon as the first week or so of June. Now that's a big deal for a number of reasons. Obviously it's a big deal uh, imminently for the NBA as the NBA is formulating their plan uh, to at least get this playoff run taken care of and at least get some finality uh, to the season. Now I I still very much believe that the NBA is looking at a, uh, in terms of playing games, uh, a bubble cities, which is, you know, what we've heard. There's, there's, there's not going to be, uh, you know, seven, seven. There's, there's not going to be a seven game series in a, you know, two, two, one, 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 one travel. Like that's not going to, that, that's not part of the NBA's plans. But what matters in terms of California, New York, and Texas um, being able to resume pro sports without fans is that teams can practice, and there's going to have to be a lot of. There's going to have to be a lot of precautions as it pertains to these practices. Um, And I'm wondering what type of NBA guidelines, because if we do a bubble city, if this bubble city thing winds up happening, and whether it's Las Vegas or it's Orlando or or it's some other place that we haven't, you know, publicly talked about, are you, the the NBA has to make a, you know, an announcement or some sort of declaration that they're comfortable with the, the, the playoff teams, you know, 
L.A., for example, the two L.A. teams, uh, Brooklyn, uh, practicing in their home state. Like, you could, because you, you run the thought like, all right, we're, we're going to return in, let's say, let's say the middle of June, right? We're going to announce a, a, a two, two and a half, three, two. I don't, I don't think a training camp is going to go very long, to be honest with you. We'll, we'll say a two to three week training camp. Let guys kind of get back in shape or, you know, let guys kind of get the feel for the court again. Let guys get moving. Let teams get reacclimated with each other. Do you hold off on all of that until you get to the bubble city? Or is it a situation where just the games are being played in the bubble city? Because, again, this kind of falls back into the honor code, right? This falls back into the honor system where, okay, all right, guys, we've got a plan here. The NBA is coming back. And, and we're going to get the NBA playoffs and we're going to be playing, you know, a series of games uh, in Orlando, Florida. But we're going to crown a champion. It's going to be it's going to be different and it's going to uh, look unlike any NBA champion we have ever crowned before. It's going to look like uh, it's not going to look like any NBA finals we have seen before, but we are going to have it. We are going to have it for you. And and, and NBA players, you're going to have a chance to to win your championship. But. Here's what we need from you before we get to Orlando. Don't freaking move. Don't go outside. Don't go get dinner. Don't let your wife or your significant other or your girl or your side piece or your kids or anyone, don't let them leave. We'll get an NBA person to deliver everything to you for the next two weeks. We want you completely quarantined. You go to practice, then you go home. You go to practice, then you go home. You go to practice, then you go home. No one goes in your house. No one goes out of your house because we need to reduce the possibility of something happening when we get to our bubble city in Orlando. We need to reduce that. We need to minimize those risks as much as, much as possible. I mean, that's that's what we're looking at because once once we open up for practice, you know, we're, 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 we're opening up athletes to, you know, going out more. And that's not just true for the players. That's true for the training staff who's going to be uh, likely in the closest contact uh, with these athletes. That goes true for the coaches. Coaches, you could coach and maintain a certain level of, of social distancing. You know, and, and it's just like fascinating. What are, what are practices going to look like? Like, do... Like, are they wearing gloves? Like, that's that's the part that I keep keep going over. It, you think, talking about the honor system, right? It's it's not just players, but it's player development coaches, it's head coaches, it's assistant coaches, it's the trainer, it's the strength and, and conditioning coach, it's the you know the media director. There are a lot of people that go into the day to day function of an NBA franchise, and you've you've got to keep them all healthy. So what does this look like? I wasn't surprised by what Gavin Newsom said. It feels like California has been, you know, inching closer and closer. If you live in, you know, the Roseville area or the Granite Bay area, you know that the kind of Placer County is has started to reopen a little bit. Uh, Placer County seems to be way ahead of Sacramento County as there's a lot here in Sac County that hasn't, you know, reopened. A lot of the same type of uh, businesses that are in uh, Placer County that have, have started to open their doors a little bit haven't opened their doors here uh, in Sac County. So, but he, but, but phases, right? We're going through phases. It's not just California that is going through phases. It's a variety of states that are going through phases. Uh, Texas, you know, they're going through their phase. And well, 
they kind of opened things up a couple of days ago. And uh, their governor, Greg Abbott, said professional sports without fans could resume there at the end of May. Ha ha. Re-upped Gavin Newsom a little bit. Like, all right, the end of May. We've got to return. What's interesting about Texas is Texas has had their highest report of COVID-19 cases in a single day. They had that just last week. They had that after they opened the state up. Now, there's a number of different ways to look at that. Tests are more readily available. Virtually anyone can test now. Like even if you're completely asymptomatic, you can get a COVID-19 test in in certain states and in certain counties and in certain areas. You can, hey, I just want to make sure. All right, you're good to go. Okay, cool. Oh, you're sick. Oh, don't feel sick. Ah, but you are. Go lock yourself in your house for a couple of weeks. Okay. Well, now that tests are more available, I think we're and and I don't. You know, it's easy to draw the correlation of the biggest uh, spike in uh, one-day positive test in Texas to their reopening. And, and, and it's fair to a certain degree, but you've got to be fair to the entire story and acknowledge that more people are getting tested now, which is something that, you know, the you know Dr. Fauci has speculated on for months, that far more people have this virus than we're aware of. They're just not they haven't been able to get tested. And I think he said as recently as last week, far more people have died from this virus than we're aware of just because of, you know, one, we were really late to identify this, this, uh, this virus. And you know, we were late in figuring out how to uh, do proper testing. So I'm not going to, you know, point the finger at Greg Abbott and say, hey, look at your state right now. It's not necessarily in the best shape because I, I, I do think that those those two things are related. I think the availability of testing and the, and the spike in positive results are, I think those two things are, are very much related. I'm not going to ignore the fact that you've opened up your state and that, you know, that might play a factor as well. Uh, I'm just going to acknowledge what Dr. Fauci said to us months ago and, you know, People were, you know, in the early stages of this, you know, quarantine and then this shutdown, which feels like it was, you know, an eternity ago. It feels like we have been living this alternate life uh, since the middle of March. He said, you know, I, I, I know people are going to get antsy. Uh, but if they do and we act or react too early, we're going to go through this all again in the fall. So I just. Keep that in the back of your mind as these states start to open up. Uh, keep that in the back of your mind as you you, know, you go to the grocery store uh, and you see people with or without masks. Just remember, it's been predicted that we're going to go through this again. It's been predicted that there's you know a, a potential another government shutdown coming, or not government shutdown, but another quarantine, so to speak, coming uh, in the fall. And, and, and it's, it's basically, it's up to us to prevent that from happening. The one that I was really surprised about was New York. Because I've often used the Knicks and Nets as examples. Now, the Knicks, <laughs> the Knicks aren't a part of any playoff conversation, but the Brooklyn Nets are. And New York has just, obviously, they have, you know, a, a, a massive, massive population. And they have been, and they, they have a massive, massive population constrained to a very, very small area. New York is a small, small state 
with a lot of people crammed into it. And so their COVID-19 numbers were pretty, you know, they were pretty jarring. And to hear that uh, that New York is now in the, you know, hockey, basketball, baseball, football, whoever, they can reopen. We're, we're, we're a ready, willing, and able partner. That's what Como said yesterday. Like, well, well wait, what? Really? It can't be. It's it's not an accident. It's just it's not it's not an accident, and it's not a coincidence that the governors of New York, California, and Texas all spoke yesterday. All spoke. It's a, it's not a coincidence that they spoke. Of course not. It's not a coincidence that they all spoke about the reopening of sports either. You know, with basketball on the horizon, it appears baseball is. I don't know. I it, it, maybe baseball's hit a hang up. I'm not really sure what's going on there with baseball, but it, it nonetheless, baseball's at least in the conversation. Like b- baseball is close. Maybe there are some some things that they need to you know work out along the way. Maybe there's a, a few few details, few few eyes you got to dot, few few T's you got to cross. But we're getting close. And when you look at New York and you realize, really, what I think it boils down to is the Jets, the Giants. Texans, the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Chargers, the Rams. That's what I think it boils down to. I think this boils down to the NFL. Because, look, we're here. We're talking about the beginning of June, which means we've got a month to figure it out before the old NFL can step in and say, we're not letting this thing shut us down. Let's get these hard knocks cameras rolling, and let's get to training camp. And obviously, these these states they want sports back open up, but they want it back open as a distraction because you know I've heard uh, governors in the past have talked about and I, and I think the dimwit in Florida did this. What was his name? Dos, what was his name? Dos Santos. Clown was talking about. Oh, I think he was doing this when he was talking about the WWE and and, and some of you know like wrestling and, and uh, UFC, which he made sports. Basically, he sports is, is as long as it's for public consumption, we we believe it could be an economic generator. Like, yeah, you dumb shit. It can't be an economic generator because the games are going to be happening with no fans. What sort of revenue are you generating with no fans there? Now, I'm not an expert, but I think the answer is none. Now, leagues, it does well for them. Because they're putting their product on television, they're satisfying their television partners. ESPN is going to be happy. TNT is going to be happy. Yeah, as it pertains to the NFL, Fox and NBC and CBS, they're all going to be happy. But in in, in terms of you know wrestling, TNT, they'll also be happy. USA, good. But what does this do for the state? This is what I said. You know, as I was reading Dos Santos' comments, this was months ago. Or it feels it feels like it was months ago. It might have been a couple weeks ago. I I don't know. I've lost track of time. It's like this this isn't this isn't going to stimulate the economy. There's no there's no fans going. This doesn't do anything for the economy. This is this is the equivalent of a pickup game happening at 24 hour fitness. It, in terms of the economy, it's the, it's the same effect. Nothing is coming in, dummy. At least not for your state. Something might be coming in for that team, which is. You know, if you read the the, the the terribly unfortunate news regarding the Sacramento Kings, um, that's important. You know, but the Kings announced yesterday, uh, or I don't know that they announced it was leaked yesterday that they're going to have to lay off. I think it was uh, 
well, I, I saw the number on the Kings Herald. I think it was like 34% of their basketball-related work staff. And you know, I, I think they even put a, you know, a, a date on it, a, a, like a four-month a four month furlough. I said layoff. Sorry. That was totally inaccurate. Sorry. They're not laying off. They're furloughing uh, employees uh, for the next four months. And that's, man, that's tough. And, and I started to think, okay, what, like, who, like, if there's no return for the Kings, and, and again, nothing has been definitive, but I've, I've just got to believe that Adam Silver isn't going to have teams like the Kings and the, and the Warriors and, and the Wizards and, and, and then the Cavaliers, you know, put themselves at risk by going back to practice, practice, putting their families at risk when there's nothing for them to play for. Even in a five game regular season, it's a it's a it's a it's a huge stretch that teams like, you know, the Kings will make up three and a half games over the course of five games or that the I think that the Washington Wizards were somewhere around the same vicinity there in the in the eighth, ninth spot uh, in the Eastern Conference. I don't think he's going to put them at risk. So, you know, the 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 Kings being able to, or at least I don't think that he should. So the Kings, you know, making this announcement or leaking this announcement or however it became uh, to be that they're going to have to furlough 34% of their staff over the course of the next four months or or not, not over the course of the next four months, but for the next four months. And I think they announced that those furloughs were going to start on June 1st. That's, I mean, that's tough. That's, unless unless I'm completely naive to, you know, the basketball side of things, there's, there's probably going to be a lot of people that, you know, a lot of names that, you know, uh, that are, that are going to be furloughed. Um, of course, there's going to be a lot of names that you don't know, account executives and, and, and ticket people. Like, you know, I feel, feel terrible for the, you know, the ticket managers there because the ticket managers Obviously, they can't they can't do their job job in any way, shape, or form, because one you, you manage you know the, the 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 people that you help manage at, at the arena the, the the people that you sell tickets to and you make sure that they've got everything they need. Well, they're not going to be at the arena, and not only are they not going to be at the arena, they're not going to be at the arena anytime soon. And not only are they not going to be at the arena anytime soon, you have no idea when they're going to be back at the arena again. That that and that's one you know that's that's probably. I think that's why people are so antsy. I think that's why you're seeing, you know, I have my feelings on these uh, open up the state rallies or protest or displays of thuggery that are happening across the country. And I think it has to do with, you know, taking that stuff aside and we'll just, we'll just talk about you know, like the rational people, you know, who are getting antsy and like, I, I, I just want to be able to go to the store. You know what I mean? I want to be able to get my hair cut. I want to be able to get a workout in that just doesn't involve me running around the block multiple times. Like I think the problem is I want to go to the mall and pick up something if I need it. I want Amazon to go back to delivering my stuff the day after I ordered it or the day that I ordered it. I think part of the problem and perhaps the biggest part of the problem is you know, we we talked about this as it pertains to the last dance and I'm not sure if it made it into the re-record of the episode yesterday or if it was only in my first edition of yesterday's episode that I deleted because it was so crappy but I was talking about you know Michael Jordan the, you know one of the one of the, the the final things that that he talked about on camera was uh, is it maddening to leave at your peak 
is it is it like a amazing thing to leave at your peak or is it a maddening thing to leave at your peak? And he says it's maddening. Like we could have we could have come back and we 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 could have made a run at we could have made a run at eight and I don't know if we would have won, but you know we could have you know Steve would have come back and he starts naming all of these people that would have come back and he and he and he talks about how you know this all could have been done that off season and you know but you know the the problem was. Jerry telling Phil, Jerry Cross telling Phil Jackson, you can go 82 and 0 and you're you're not going to be back. And, and that was something that Phil couldn't see back. But he was, you know, Jordan being that ultra competitive person was of the belief that, oh, we could have, we 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 could have made that run. And I was listening to that thinking, like, you know, there's a certain, I think there's a certain level of finality when you go into something like they did at the beginning of last year. And in, in in the last dance is is a title from what Phil named their season that year. He said, guys, this is this is the last dance. Let's let's go do it together. And I think there's a certain we got to get through this game seven against, you know, Indiana. We're not going out like this. We've got to win the finals. and, and, And then it's all over for us. There's this sense of finality. We can get through this 82 game season. Michael Jordan can play 46 minutes. Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen's back is gone. Scottie Pippen's hip is gone, bro. Get us through this last game, and it is all over. 48 minutes, that's all you've got to get us through, and it's, and it's all over. There's this sense of you can do anything for 48 more minutes. There's this, this feeling that you could do anything for just a couple of more games. There's this thing that you go, get us through this last season. We can do it. When you have an end, when you have an end date, when you have a goal in sight, when you, ha- when you see that light at the end of the tunnel— you can do anything. Like, go back to March when the stay-at-home order first came in. Like, imagine if they had said, okay, here's what we're looking at, guys. Here's what we're looking at, State of California. This is what we need to do. It's March 13th right now. We've got to get to June 2nd. If you can quarantine and you can limit your exposure uh, to grocery stores, and you can you know, limit your uh, exposure to this virus. If you can do that, come June 2nd, we can reopen the state, and we can be vibrant, and, and, and things can go back to normal here in the state of California. But you've got to do this for me. You've got to get from March to June. We're talking, you know, we're, we're, we're talking three months here. Give me three months of quarantine and we'll be able to get through this coronavirus. We'll be able to get through this COVID-19 crisis. Give me that. Imagine if Gavin Newsom had said that on March 13th. Sure, we would have looked at it like, dude, three months. Like, are you kidding me? But we would have seen the end. We would have seen the light at the end of the tunnel. One of the biggest, one of the most frustrating things with this, which is why, you know, teams like the Sacramento Kings have to take the actions that they're taking is, We don't know when it's going to change. We don't know when things are going to get better. We don't know when we're going to go back to what life was like on March 10th. We we don't know that. We don't know when we're ever going to experience that again. We don't know when we're going to go to a gym and, you know, not have to wear a mask or not have to wear gloves. Or we don't know when we're going to go to a grocery store and it not looking like a scene out of they live. You know what I mean? Like that, that's... We don't know when that's going to happen, and that's part of the frustration. That's part of the you know inability to just let stuff play out because we we just want to get to the end of it. 
That's it. But we 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 don't know when the end is. And when you don't know when the end is, you it, it, you know Jordan talking about oh we could come back and we could we could do number eight. Huh? You really had just exerted a whole lot to get to number uh, or six. I, I keep saying eight. Getting to number seven. Sorry, I don't know why I kept saying number eight. We would do everything we could to get to number seven. Well, they had just exerted every bit of energy they had to get to number six. I mean, could the Bulls have won six, seven, eight, nine if the last dance proclamation had never been made? Or would teams have finally have caught up with them? Like if Jordan and Pippen and we'll throw in Rodman maybe there for another year and Steve Kerr and maybe, uh, you know, a handful of really key players. Would things have just been able to stay the same if that last dance proclamation had never been made? Look how they were challenged in that 97-98 year. I believe that there's a certain let's get through this that, well, got them through it. And while we can have that feeling here in in California and Texas and all of these other states of, well, let's get through this, we don't know how long we're signing up for this. We don't know how long we're signing up for for masks and gloves and quarantines and, you know, working from home. I know a lot of businesses who have already said, well, we're working from home till at least September. And part of that is, you know, schools aren't going back. So, you know, parents who have, you know, kids that go to school, it's not like they can just, oh, okay, the office is open. Like, I'm going back to the office. Well, what do you do with your kids now? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that daycare centers aren't open. So, you know, everyone's life has been turned upside down and we have, you know, no idea how long we're going to be in this suspended state. That's part of the difficulties. That's probably the biggest part of the difficulty of, of, of all of this. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it, again, I got to believe that that was a, a coordinated strategy uh, between, you know, Gavin Newsom, Andrew Cuomo and, and, and Greg Abbott there, you know, saying hey, our states are we're, we're ready for sports. We're ready for business, whether it be the end of May or the very, very beginning of June, whatever it is, we're, we're ready for these teams to, you know, to come back and practice and do all of that stuff. And, and maybe MLS games taking place there with no fans. Maybe all of that stuff is going to happen. We're, we're ready for it though. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll certainly see. Um, let's, let's stick with, stuff related to the virus uh just for a minute um yesterday on adam schefter's podcast um tom Mayer said that there was uh there will probably be a recommendation that the nfl will use these new uh masks that i i guess uh oakley is testing oakley makes um uh, equipment for the nfl and they're testing prototypes of modified face masks that contain the the N95 material that that contain like the surgical mask. Like I immediately tried to visualize it. Like, oh, okay. Tom Mayer, by the way, is the um, NFLPA's medical director, and he said that there will probably be a recommendation that the NFL will use such masks to protect players. Uh, from the virus when the league returns to play. Uh, He also added, and I quote, back in early March, I had suggested that we should consider novel and emerging ways to handle the helmets and the face masks and the spread of the virus. 
And these guys, the bioengineers that we use and the league uses, Oakley, uh, they do all of the face visors for the league under contract. These guys, they got uh, that bit between their teeth and they started working on it and they came up with, uh, they're, they're, they're starting to test a face mask that has, you know, those N95, those, those, those uh, N95 material surgical masks somehow attached to them. All right, let's see. <laughs> let's see what that looks like. There's already some prototypes out there. Um, I, I I don't know. Well, the NFL's. I don't know that anyone would care if the NFL looks different when it returns. Just I guarantee you, whatever these face masks look like, they look better than the Los Angeles Rams uniform that they unveiled a couple weeks ago or a week ago. They're gonna look a whole lot better than that. Uh, but this is a this is a hell of a proactive step by the NFL and the NFLPA. Like I'm I'm if this if this is legit and this is able to get put together uh, within because we're not talking about redoing the whole helmet, which you know can take that, that that's that's going to take a lot longer than a few months. We're just talking about the face masks and the face mask across helmets. You know across the league can you know they can be taken out and putting back on pretty pretty simply to the existing helmet uh, so this is this is great work by the NFL Players Association uh, and the NFL I'm, I'm anxious to see uh, how this turns out as as football potentially returns and it look in it you know again looking at looking at what we've already seen I mean we, we talked about New York uh, Texas and California uh, Florida's already open Arizona's already open you know so we're in terms of sports and so we're you know kind of Checking off states one at a time here. A uh, quick reminder here before we dig into uh, something I wanted to tackle yesterday but couldn't do it intelligently. Uh, Patreon.com slash Damian Barling is up and available for you. There are three exclusive Patreon podcasts, including a weekly wrestling podcast that will go up uh, this afternoon, as well as um, early access two episodes from my new wrestling documentary-style podcast, Relive, that is launching on June 3rd. You can catch the first episode featuring Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock at WrestleMania 17, as well as the second episode, which posted yesterday and focused on CM Punk and John Cena at that famous uh, Money in the Bank in Chicago back in 2011. Those two episodes are available for you. The third episode will be available you be available for you as well before the official launch of the podcast on June 3rd. So uh, I know money is tight right now, but if you want to support uh, me, if you want to support everything that we're doing here, you can go to patreon.com slash Damien Barling or go to DamienBarling.com and click the orange Be a Patreon button in the upper left-hand corner. So... The NFL is attempting to implement changes to the Rooney Rule. Uh, there are some positives and a lot of negatives that come across here. One of the proposed rule changes uh, being introduced is an incentive system to hiring minority candidates that involves a team's third-round draft pick being improved if they hire a minority head coach or general manager in the offseason leading up to that draft. Uh, and it is additionally improved if a team has kept its minority coach 
or general manager for a certain number of seasons. Uh, teams would also receive a compensatory pick if they hire a minority candidate as a quarterback coach or if any other team hires away one of their minority staff members as a coordinator. So we started to stretch the Rooney rule down to coordinators. That's the good part. That is the important part because we all believe that the, uh, sorry, I'm not going to speak for anybody. I'll pose it as a question. Can we all agree that the Rooney rule is bullshit? Can we all agree that the Rooney rule is mostly circumvented? Can we all agree that when, see, this is, this is the difficulties. This is the problem with this incentive program that the NFL has. Uh, first of all, I, I, I want to reiterate, it's great that the Rooney Rule is now trickling down to coordinators. That is extremely, extremely important because if you don't have minority offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators and quarterback coaches and, and you, you don't have you know minority coordinators in those rooms, you don't have your next generation of coaches. You don't have your next generation of minority coaches. Um, but the issue I have is there's already a cluster of people who believe, well, damn it, pal, I just want the, I want the best candidate hired, no matter, regardless of race. I just, I just want the best candidate hired, and that's the way hiring should be done. And you're right, the, the best candidates should be hired. But the issue is if, if you believe that and you think that's, the way things are done and the way that things should be done, then what you're saying is that minority coaches aren't good enough to be head coaches in the NFL. What you're saying is some guy who was a Patriots coach for a while uh, is better at being a head coach or has the potential to be better at being a head coach than Eric Bieniemy, a guy who is the offensive coordinator on the most prolific offense in the NFL. That also won the Super Bowl this year. And is also the home of the greatest quarterback that has ever existed in the history of humankind. Like, I mean, think about the, the people who say that stuff. I don't, I don't, either it doesn't register with them exactly what they're saying or they don't care that that's what they're saying. I just want the best candidate. So now that we have, now if this rule gets passed, and this incentive program is put out there, now immediately you have coaches of color coming under scrutiny. Like, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's bad enough. It's bad enough that it's hard to differentiate like Rooney Rule interviews versus serious candidate interviews. Like sometimes we know, like when the, you know, the Raiders, they allege that they interviewed someone uh, you know, they, they allege that they, you know, oh, we, we, we obliged to the Rooney rule and we interviewed, you know, blackity, black, 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 but we knew all along who was getting that job. And now it's, it's, it's become difficult to identify, all right, who's like, who is, is this person a serious candidate for the job or are they a Rooney rule hire or are they a Rooney rule, uh, uh, interview or are, do they have like a real chance of getting this job? And now we look at guys like, I don't think an owner would hire a coach based on improving third round uh, draft status. I don't think, but I can't say I, I can't say I'm a hundred percent confident in that. It, ultimately, I I don't I don't know. 
and I guess the NFL is trying. I, I think that, you know, sometimes I don't think this is it. I mean, sometimes you try stuff and you just got to go, yeah, maybe, the, maybe the, this one ain't it. The, this doesn't work. Let's go back to the drawing board and see what we can figure out. We're the most profitable sports league in, in all of America. Like we, we could, we, we've got some smart minds in here. Let's figure this out. We're all billionaires and Mark is here too, but you know, we'll just ignore him. Everybody else, let's figure this out. We can come up with something here. This ain't the one. This is a bad idea. They need to go back to the drawing board. I think improving draft status. You're opening things up for too much. The Rooney Rule either needs to be totally revised or it needs to be gotten rid of. Because right now the Rooney Rule feels incredibly disingenuous. And there were four open spots last year. One minority coach was hired. Ron Rivera. I mean, I thought for sure Brian Flores was gone the first five weeks of last season. Thankfully, he you know he's not. And you know, it actually looks like Miami might have the opportunity to, to kind of build something, which, by the way, the way that the Miami Dolphins responded last year, if you can take yourself back to the first five weeks of those season, remember how badly they were getting blown out? I think the fact that they were able to regroup the way that they did, they certainly didn't have a good season, but they they ended in the best way possible, that's for sure. You got to credit Brian Flores a, a, a lot for that. And I think he was the only minority head coach hired, you know, that that offseason before. So, you know, I, the Rooney rule needs to be fixed, but this this is the this is the wrong way. This ain't it. This this ain't the one. The NBA's lottery was scheduled to take place tonight in Chicago. As we know, it's not. Um, there has been talk about if the lottery would be like what it would look like. Would it, would it be changed if the regular season doesn't finish? Would it be changed if we wind up only having a 60 some odd game regular season? And recently executives brought up several potential reasons why the lottery wouldn't be tweaked because of these circumstances. One was the fact that every team in the league has already played somewhere between 63 and 67 games or about 75% of their season. That's a pretty strong sample right there. And, you know, things likely would have shifted uh, even, you know, even in terms of playoff positioning, things would have shifted quite a bit. Uh, there isn't really a credible argument that there had, uh, there haven't been enough games played to fairly set the order, and it looks like that's what they're going to do. Uh, under the new system that you may remember, I'm sure you do, it was incredibly exciting. Um, the top four picks were selected via a lottery, and the odds were like dramatically flattened. The teams with the... First three records were all given, uh, the first three, you know, worst records were all given 14% odds of winning the top pick, uh, with teams from fourth through 13th in the lottery all having their odds of moving up increased. And shoot, we, it worked last year. We got the, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies. Um, they were tied, I think, for seventh. Among lottery odds, and then the Lakers, they jumped up. They were supposed to be at 11th. Like, whatever they did last year, let's get some more of that. 
And there was argument that maybe this year, because of the unprecedented circumstances, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we should, you know, kind of come up with something different here. Maybe we should go back to the old system for one year. The NBA has said, no, we have played uh, uh, enough games. Uh, here's how we're going to do it. Now, when the lottery system is actually, or when the lottery itself is actually going to take place, that's an entirely different story uh, that we don't know the answer to. We don't know when the lottery is going to happen. Uh, we don't know when the draft is going to happen. I assume it'll be, you know, if this season winds up happening, if if, if we wind up getting a postseason and, you know, everything, let, let, let's say everything kind of works in favor of the NBA and we get the, you know, we get the thumbs up and we're able to get through a season without any, you know, second catastrophic shutdown. We're going to be looking at a situation where the NBA is going to celebrate an NBA championship. You know, a team in the NBA is going to celebrate a championship and then we're going to have to turn around probably pretty quickly here because if, you know, if, if, if we just for argument's sake, say middle of June, if we say two week training camp and we get to playoffs starting in July, and let's say the NBA is really confident in where they're at and they're given a seven game series all the way throughout and they want to, they want to make TNT happy. They want to make ESPN happy. They want that ad revenue rolling in. They want to make their TV partners happy. Then, you know, we're talking potentially July, August, what crowning a champion in September, maybe, maybe early, early September, late August, somewhere around there. Maybe we could be crowning an NBA champion on Labor Day. And then in all likelihood, we're turning things around and getting back going again in December. So between September and December, we've got the draft lottery that needs to be done. We've got the actual draft that needs to be done. And, you know, I, I, I don't imagine that the, we'll have anything of the sort this year, but pretty soon summer league is, is now going to become like winter league or fall league or something along those lines. Uh, and I God, I don't even know when the G league is going to come back. So this is, this, <laughs> if, 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 if the NBA makes the announcement and, and I, you, as you know, you listen to this podcast, I did not think the NBA was returning at all. I thought this was all just a silly pipe dream that there was no way the NBA was going to return to playing games, even without fans, at least not this year, Me meaning this, this season. I didn't think we were, I, th I thought we were just going to have a big, a big incomplete season. And it looks like now it, it's going to happen. It, it absolutely looks like we're going to get basketball. And we're going to see some changes to the what you know what we're used to as it pertains to basketball. And I think the changes are, are, are for the good. I love the idea of basketball starting in December and stretching into the summer. Absolutely love that. I think the summer league provided something special because there wasn't much else going on, like except you know daytime baseball, which didn't really appeal to everybody. And you know summer league had become a big thing in recent years. Last four or five years, summer league has had been the ha, haven't been there, man. Summer summer league was a place to be, but it's going to have a different feel if it's happening in fall. Because you know, if it's depending on when it starts, you could have you could have the World Series going on, or, or baseball playoffs in some way, shape, or form going on. Now, I'm not the biggest baseball guy, but I'm I'm watching the World Series. I'm watching baseball playoffs. Hell yeah! And then you got football. So where exactly, you know, it's not going to have the same, the same luster and the same feel to it. 
and I don't. I mean, I don't know for sure that they're going to do that, but I don't think you can run summer league while the actual regular season is going on. But it appears some some dramatic shifts to the NBA season uh, is coming up, and I think all of that is certainly uh, predicated on the the playoffs happening uh, in about a month, a month and a half or so. And, and and again, all signs point to that happening, especially with the proclamation that the governors made yesterday across a couple of major states. Uh, LeBron James is going to produce the movie Hustle, starring Adam Sandler. That's the story. Sandler will star as a former basketball scout who is fired after finding a once-in-a-lifetime player abroad. He will then attempt to bring the player to America in hopes of returning to the NBA. I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, the the one where Adam Silver, uh, Adam Silver, the one where Adam Sandler was the um, the gambler. Kevin Garnett was in it. It's like it's not. It's relatively new. People were raving about it, and they were raving about Adam Silver's. Uh, God bless it, Adam Sandler's performance in it. That movie sucked. That movie was not good at all. I don't remember what the hell that movie was called, but it was terrible. I kept waiting for it to get good, and it never did. That movie, ne- I thought. Uh, uh, I thought Kevin Garnett did a fine job. I mean, he played Kevin Garnett, so it's not, you know what I mean. It's not like he, it was a massive stretch, but I thought he. I thought he did a good job in the role. But Uncut Gems, that's what it's called. That movie was freaking terrible. It was absolutely awful. I couldn't. I was anxious to watch it because people were raving about it. Now. As you are well aware of, I'm a very regular daily listener of the Dan Patrick show, and Dan Patrick and Adam Sandler are buddies, and Dan Patrick was one of the people raving about it. Dude, that movie sucked. It was absolutely awful. Don't waste $3 on renting it. Don't waste two hours watching it if it's on ESPN or HBO or PBS or anywhere. I need to leave, man, because I can't. I start talking about Adam Sandler, and I can't get Adam Sandler and Adam Silver straight, and I'm telling you movies are going to be on ESPN, so I'm leaving. Uh, Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for downloading episode number 200. Appreciate your support uh, through the last 200 episodes. We'll celebrate uh, more appropriately here uh, on the one-year edition of the podcast on June 3rd. Uh, So subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends. Uh, Support us over on patreon.com slash Barling. Check out the podcast wrestling edition that'll post later on this afternoon check out the early episodes of relive i've got play i got all sorts of go just go check out the page there's some good stuff on there and some of the stuff is free patreon.com slash damian barling we'll see you here tomorrow on the podcast